0: And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that ox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today, and tomorrow on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, and stones those who are sent to it, how often I have desired to gather your children together, As a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today, after church, uh, Chris and I are going to make the three-hour drive down to Chesapeake um, for just one night to celebrate Olive's first birthday with our family. Yay, I'm excited. Um, And about a year ago now, Chris's sister and brother-in-law bought a property out in Suffolk, Virginia, that they've... They've gradually been turning into this miniature petting zoo farm. Basically, Olive's closest by proximity cousins are a bunch of pigs and goats and two zebu cows that go by the names Juno and Toonie and Gracie and I do not know the rest of their names. Um, I should probably act like I do later on today. Um, and as you can imagine, Olive is not at all upset by having uh, non-human cousins, and so we've been we've been planning all year to have her first birthday on what is now weirdly the family farm. I say weirdly because we're all rural city folk. Like, we are really city folks. So it's such a strange thing to us, the family farm. And to be clear when I joke that, that these animals are Olive's cousins, I'm, I'm not really joking at all when I say that, because Chris's sister, Vicky and her husband, Russ, they have no intention at all of running an actual profit-making farm, where you, like, raise animals for meat and chicken for eggs they simply have collected these animals just so that they can love them. And these animals are very expensive to love. They are, yeah. But they just want to love them. And and love them is what they do. Russ, who is um, in his 30s, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer last year, totally unexpectedly, and also the same year found out that he was diabetic and now um, had to completely reorganized his whole life. If you know somebody who is, who is diabetic, you know that, and, which caused him to take medical leave from the military and move back home to Hampton Roads, where he now has time to run this farm and love on this farm. Such a weird change of pace for somebody, but that's kind of how those moments of life go, right? Just totally turn their life upside down. That time has allowed him to to build quite a following on TikTok as well, (laughs) and YouTube as what is affectionately now G. Woody, the diabetic farmer. Many of his videos have actually gone viral, like this one. On a date night, got that Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake. Get some whipped cream on the top, too. Two straws, one shack, girl, I got you. Bougie like Maddie in the styrofoam. Squeaky, squeaking in the truck, headed all the way home. So found a she my Dixie landed like That's how we do, how we do. Fancy like boom. To impress, my is happy rolling on a vest. Don't need no match to get romance. She's super fine, double wide, slow dance. But every now and then, when I get paid, I got so, like I said, loving these animals, making them a part of the family is all that they want to do. <laughs> and about three days ago. They texted us to tell us that they just added a chicken coop, okay, just in time for Olive's birthday, and all I thought of was six more animals. I have to figure out what their names are. I'm sure there's <laughs> names. I'm sure there are names. Yeah. And so I can already imagine the way they are going to love these chickens, too. Well, y'all, know, y'all know chickens are, like, really stupid, right? Yes. <laughs> like, and if I'm not supposed to say that <laughs> word in front of um, kids, it, they're really not smart animals, <laughs> they're really not smart animals. They, they, they're probably some of the least smart animals who tend to get themselves killed in all kinds of ridiculous ways. And you might be wondering how this city girl knows that about chickens, except you might also remember that a few years ago, I adopted some chicks yep. for Easter. <laughs> oh God, I Chris loved that. <laughs> Having chicks grow up in our household in, in, in our townhouse during the Easter season—gosh, um, they were such dumb birds. <laughs> they were just—they're they they're such, they're, they are not smart. So, anyways, Russ and Vicky—they um, got this chicken coop, and as the good, loving parents of, the, of this lot of animals, they—they've done all this research on how to keep these chickens alive. They've joined this group on Facebook, actually with other lots of small farmer people who all kind of share stories and advice and swap info. And this week, one person in this group shared and grieved. It was like a eulogy, almost, about how they had lost their final chicken this week. A hen by the name of Hestia Buffington III. Hestia had been a part of their flock since... 2015 where they started raising chickens partly as an act of civil disobedience in their county because their county didn't permit animal husbandry inside city limits and saw that and they thought saw that as an unjust law so they said we're going to have some chickens. At one point, their flock swelled to seven chickens, she said. But, but between predators and illness and, and animal control enforcement and the stupid things that chickens do to get themselves killed, they lost one by one by one by one over the next five years. And this week, they lost Hestia Buffington III. And Hestia's owner, as a way of almost memorializing Hestia this week, said that Hestia, as many chickens do, loved to look for places outside the coop to roost. And often that was her big, fluffy, curly head of hair, she said. She would just be sitting in the backyard and Hestia would come and Jump on her shoulder and then roost in her hair. And Hestia and her siblings grew up. As they grew up, they all started following and all roosting in hair. And Hestia's roosting is actually a big thing in their community, apparently, because their local gazette features a monthly picture of Hestia in hair. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but it's just instinct. Y'all didn't know that this was going to be a real chicken-like sermon, right? Y'all I promise Jesus is involved in some way. Um, it's just instinctual for Hestia Buffington III and her kind to find shelter and safety under whatever wing, hair, or two, they can find to protect themselves from the elements and from all the things that are out of their control, including their own lack of intelligence, right? In our scripture today, while Jesus doesn't talk about chicken ignorance, He does use this particular chicken, this particular chicken metaphor, did you hear it? To describe his desire to gather the children of Jerusalem as a hen gathers her brood, it says. As I prepared for Olive's birthday on the farm and chuckled at the eulogizing of Hestia Buffington III, this week I began to... uh, to see this text in a light that I had never seen it in before Luke more than any of the other gospels presents Jesus as as taking a single journey to Jerusalem a journey detailed at length in the gospel of Luke from chapter 9 all the way to chapter 19 of this gospel, Luke gives the account of Jesus's gradual journey to Jerusalem. Everything is leading to this moment and this journey. It's really this intensive. Intensive training and discipleship on this journey that Jesus is on it, it, is when he does most of his public teachings through the parables and, and much of his, the miracles and healing among the people happen along this journey. And as Jesus' followers get closer and closer and closer to Jerusalem, as Jesus gets closer and closer to Jerusalem, the sobering realities of just how powerful. And therefore, how dangerous his ministry is growing. They start to become clear. And this is where we are in today's passage. Amidst this growing awareness of the power and the dangers at play as Jesus and his company wind their way through Galilee, still in Herod's territory, the Pharisees, Whom we tend to regard as Jesus' antagonists. They come to warn Jesus that he's treading on dangerous ground here. And and how does Jesus respond? Jesus tells them to go and tell that fox that he's busy. I'm gonna go and tell that fox what I'm up to. What I had noticed about this passage before, though, this week, uh, mostly because I tend to think of this passage broken into like two halves like two separate distinct parts. What I had not noticed before is that Jesus is actually contrasting the fox with a mother hen longing for her wayward chicks. The Bible consistently depicts evil as dangerous and predatory, nothing you can flirt with without risking your life if you do. On the other side is this image that is redeeming and protective, a mother hen who instinctively draws her young under her wing when, when danger threatens. In other words, Herod is a very real threat to Jesus. Herod the fox, Jesus the hen. Herod is this very real threat to Jesus, an external reality that is completely out of Jesus' control. But Jesus refuses to live in fear. Jesus and his growing company of disciples face this mixture of support and opposition that is even outside of what Jesus can and will control. Even Jesus got, gets frustrated. When the friends and the foes and the factors at play don't behave as he expects them to. Don't behave as he wants them to. We are, we are, we are receiving death threats from Herod. We aren't, as, as Jesus was, but there are, there are so many things that lurk and threaten the way we see ourselves and see our lives and see God, we're threatened by the idea that if we try hard enough, if we are nice enough, we really just we think we can get by with a lot of good people, right? If we're just nice enough, If we try hard enough, if we say the right thing. Life will generally go our way. People will bend toward us. We run in a thousand directions trying to herd the hens in our lives into some imagined semblance of perfect formation. Have you ever ever tried to herd chicks? What if if we could let go of, of needing all things and all people to be just so? And instead, learn to dance with the unfolding of that which is not ours to control. Jesus was this master at dancing within the unfolding that was not his to control. Hestia Buffington III's owner on Facebook, um, you thought I was done with that story, I'm not. Um, uh, She said that Hestia's injury um, happened when her husband was out of town. After dinner with friends, she pulled into the driveway and her toddler, you know, she's dealing with her toddler, and she realizes that the car's headlights were illuminating this disturbing scene, a possum attacking her hen outside the shed. And so frantic, she calls her husband, and with with her son in one arm and the phone in the other arm trying to wrangle a toddler over here, she couldn't open the gate. She couldn't open the gate, separating her from the poor chicken. No sound she made would deter the possum from the chicken, and the lack of sound or movement from Hestia gave her the impression that she was she was already dead. And so she went inside the house, and she's overwhelmed, and she's trying to protect her son from seeing that they lost the chicken, and she's also overwhelmed by the prospect of dealing with, with Hestia's remains in the morning. And then she... And then she hears this squawking cry. Hestia was not in fact dead. The story continues. You can imagine you know when you see those long Facebook posts you don't want to read? I went deep into this one. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to her next door neighbor, her attacker was shoot off and she was given first aid and shelter for the night. And she made it through those long hours, but the possum had done like some serious damage to one of, of her wing joints, she said, and the best case scenario was gonna be amputation, and, and so the challenge of finding a vet to do that was hard, and so each day passed and Hestia was in this great deal of pain, and infection started spreading in her body, and so when Hestia's owner, owner's husband returned home, they made the decision to end Hestia's misery um, together. And so she wrote at the beginning of, of this paragraph and at the end, we live, we live a life in which there are so many things out of our control. And I thought of Jesus, and I thought of Jesus' words in Luke 13. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And you're not willing. E- evil threatens in the form of a fox, Jesus says, and I, the mother hen, I lament because my young are exposed but, but will not accept my protection. Evil always threatens. There is so much out of our control. Hestia's owner continued to eulogize. (laughs) I know. Hestia was a mature hen. Not a chick. Had she ever hatched chicks herself, I'm sure she would have protected her young with ferocity and, and tenderness. But what I witnessed in that attack is that even adult chickens are susceptible to predators. Even adult chickens are susceptible to predators. We spend an awful lot of time trying to protect our kids and not paying attention to the messages we are receiving that threaten the way we see life and the way we see God. In this season of Lent, we are walking that 20-chapter that, that tw- journey. To Jerusalem with Jesus where even Jesus despite all his self-assuredness all his self-possession even Jesus the mother hen in the face of danger will have no wing under which to find shelter and I'm I'm reminded of this old bizarre Christmas carol about the magi seeking assistance from another Herod. They tell him that the star shining so brightly in his realm signals the birth of a princely babe, no king, no fox, as the the hymn goes, a princely babe, no king, no fox shall e'er destroy. And this other fox of a king, in the last verse, who is dining now, It says, On roasted rooster does not believe him. The hymn rounds out in the final verse like this. If this be the truth, King Herod said, that thou hast told to me, the roasted cock that lies in that disc shall crow full senses three. Oh, the cock soon... Thrusted and feathered well by the work of God's own hand, and he did crow full senses three in the disc where he did stand. Do I need to say that again? I don't know if it helps. Do I need to say it again? I know it's such an odd hymn. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. So, Herod. There was Herod, two Herods. I don't know if you knew that in the story of Jesus. The first Herod is a different Herod than the Herod we meet later. The first Herod that what once all the little babies killed, right, um, orders all the killing of the firstborn son. Um, well, then there's the other Herod, <laughs> um, who is threatened now by this grown Jesus who is doing and saying things that no one's ever said before. And this is a hymn that kind of tells the story of the first Herod. But then it tells the story of another Herod, who sits and dines on roasted cock. You can imagine, he's sitting there, dining on his roasted rooster. And it tells the story of how he does not know what is to come. If this be the truth, King Herod said, that thou... As told to me the roasted cock that lies in the disc in the plate shall crow full senses three that means he comes back to life oh the cock soon thrusted and feathered well by the work of God's own hand and he Jesus did crow Full senses three in the disc where he did stand. Watch this. Watch this. I there is so much out of our control. Evil always threatens. Even Jesus, the mother hen, in the face of danger, will have no wing under which to find shelter. But Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, have no fear. For the, the roasted cock that lies in the disc shall crow Full census three and, and knowing this, knowing knowing the goodness of the resurrection, knowing the goodness of the resurrection, knowing that, believing that is good enough for us. Live in in a life where so many things are out of our control. That's good enough. That's what we'll say this Lent, That that is good enough to know. You all asked a whole lot of questions of me during that Ask Me Anything series about God's will and about where God is in suffering and about free will, how God deals in and among the things of our lives that are completely out of our control. Sometimes the only answer that's good enough is the resurrected Lord. The resurrected Lord is is with you is with you in that. And that if the miracle of the resurrection can happen, God can work a miracle even within your, as Jackie said, your sunny days turning into snow. Would you pray with me? Yeah, that's a big point. God, we we come before you this second Sunday of Lent as uh, as people who are we have we have in, in mind all the things we wish we could control right now that we cannot. We also have in mind, God, that Jesus was the master at dancing within all the things he would not and could not control. Dancing within them without fear. And so all chickens aside, God, we we come to you with our very real lives that sometimes we wish we could just write a book on Facebook about to tell you all of the things that are happening to me all the things that are out of my control we all have our stories and this Lent God make it good enough for us Make your resurrection good enough for us make that a good enough answer for us that in the midst of death there is life that in the midst of despair
1: there is hope
0: the resurrection God feels like this gigantic thing to believe Make it simple for us this Lent. Make it just simple and good enough. Make it the foundation of our faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.